Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Every time John gets close to the microphone, you could, every, I listen to hear how good this podcast could sound if John would sit no. <laughs> I literally could never sit this close to the microphone. Move the microphone closer you to I like, your face. I, 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 I like can't. That, it's on a table. I like that fucking, he, <laughs> Can you see it's on a table? Uh, it's on a the, the I like that he does the more intimate moments with the listeners. Yes. It's like he's letting them in on a secret. It's great. Hello, listeners. There you I'm go. in see? your ears. Uncle John here. <laughs> How good does that sound? Britain. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are the General Witchfinders. Ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome to, oh my god, the 15th episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in sunny Bournemouth on the south coast of England. I'm John Pountney and I'm in sunny South Wales, which is in the south of Wales. And I'm Ross in sweltering Dorchester in southern England. And today, we're, in this episode, we are covering The Earth Dies Screaming! Suddenly. A man dies at the controls of a train. Suddenly, a car swerves to destruction. Suddenly, a plane dives to death. The Earth dies screaming. Suddenly, death descends on the four corners of the earth, and only a handful of human beings survive to live in fear, powerless to combat an unknown terror. Turn it off. Who are you? By the way, I'm not the enemy. I don't know who the enemy is. 
Earth dies screaming and the robots take over. Starring Willard Parker, Virginia Field, Dennis Price, She was dead. She was. She was alive enough tonight. Except her eyes. Well, what was the matter with them? She hasn't got any eyes. Here is paralyzing suspense as the Earth dies screaming. Electrifying terror as the Earth dies screaming. Jeff! Peggy! Peggy! The robots. What? Peggy! <laughs> So, The Earth Dies Screaming is a black and white 1964 British horror science fiction directed by Terence Fisher, who also directed The Curse of Frankenstein, covered in episode two of The General Witchfinders, and went on to film several adaptations of classic horror subjects, including Dracula, The Mummy, and The Curse of the Werewolf. Uh, the Earth Dies Screaming stars Willard Parker, Virginia Field, and Dennis Price. Human bodies are scattered around an English village, apparently dead in a sudden cataclysm. A small group of survivors gather in the local hotel bar, led by an American jet test pilot, Jeff Nolan, played by Parker. Mm. During the very short feature, the ragtag team face off against robots, zombies, and each other. The film was shot in black and white at Shepperton Studios in London, and location filming was done at the village of Shear in Surrey. Mm. The British band UB40, I spit on the fire, I hate UB40, released the single The Earth Dies Screaming in 1980, which somehow spent 12 weeks in the UK chart, peaking at number 10. 12 weeks. The first track... Yeah, I know, right? Oh, blimey. What dark periods in this country's history. <laughs> track on Tom Waits' 1992 album Bone Machine is entitled Earth Died Screaming. when I read that, Ross. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's mm. it got anything to do with the film whatsoever. Although someone has um, uh, put the music over the top of planes crashing and trains crashing on YouTube. Yeah. So I watched that for yeah. a bit. Yeah. That must be canonical. Right, so, 
So this film brought up, bearing in mind, I thought this is going to be slightly different because it's only an hour long. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? It's just, it's just get on with it. Yeah, I've watched it three um, times. Because you know, it's so short. <laughs> Value for money. And just when I was watching it, I thought this kind of dug up a lot of memories for me. Uh, and that whole notion of an apocalyptic event or you know, mm. everyone dead and wipes out. And I thought this was really kind of, you know, one of the absolute kind of genesis of, of, of these, of these stories, wasn't it? Mm. Um, mm. Apparently the, the two that I immediately thought of was number one, I thought of the Andromeda strain. It's mm. really similar to the Andromeda strain at the start, mm-hmm. which again, yeah. was a film that I watched when I was about 14, like late night on BBC two. And that, oh, I love yeah. the Andromeda, I still like love the Andromeda strain. And mm. it also reminded me, and something else from my teenage years, Ross will remember this, um, and that's Empty Worlds. Yes, I've got that by, book upstairs. Yeah. yeah. There John you go. Written, there you go. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. By yes. the great John Christopher. Yes. And again, because that really kind of impacted on me when I was a teenager, because that book features, uh, weirdly enough, a plague, a virus mm. that starts like, mm. they, I think they call it the Calcutta virus or something like that. Yeah. And it kills all the adults in Indian the world. Thus, yes. only, the Indian variant. Hey. There you go. John, Is there John, someone John that drives around in a Rolls Royce in that? Yeah. Does someone, yeah, well, does a toffee-nosed kid drive a Rolls Royce or something? <laughs> right. I think, well, that's when he gets into London, doesn't he? And he kind of befriends yes. this kid who's a bit of a psychopath and a bit sort of, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of broken, broken out of ball stool, and he kind of mm. abandons him in deserted London, which is quite a terrifying thing in yeah, and of itself. It definitely yeah. has John Christopher, John Wyndon sort of vibe to it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, a hundred percent, yes. Mm. So we get this all action opening, don't we? It's just like starts. There's no preamble. <laughs> no. It's just no. everyone dies. So it starts off a guy uh, driving a train who's collapsed yeah. the controls. The train just like he's drunk. Yeah, <laughs> a, a bowler hatted man just. Falls over in a train station. <laughs> yeah. A plane Does crashes crash yeah. into a wall. Yeah, yeah. A, a, yes. A plane crashes behind a uh, a convenient um, tree. So you Trees. Don't actually yeah. see it crash. Yeah. Mm. All of that, but e- at no point. E- no point does anyone scream. I just got to point that out at this point. It's very British. <laughs> there is no screaming. This film. There is no screaming whatsoever. But, but, but eagle-eyed viewers who have, who went to the cinema, I think only a few years before, might think. Am I watching Village of the Damned? Yeah. Because all the footage at the start of the film is cut from Village of the Damned, is it? which is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which has the, which has basically exactly the same opening five minutes because <laughs> the village of Midwich. I can't remember if it's called Mid Midwich in yes. the um, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. film. It's got like a dome over um, it, doesn't it? Yes, and everyone falls asleep for an hour or something within mm. the dome. Then when they all wake up, all the women have been impregnated with. Um, golden-haired children. And there's a dome um, over yes. a village in the Demons as well, isn't it? Doctor there is a yeah. dome over, yeah. Oh. She's got yeah, a John Pertree in it, John, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think it's the season after Spearhead from Space, oh, which, yeah. is the, which is the first and only story to be shot entirely on 16mm. Okay, we've got that colour, the way, BBC colour. Yeah, we've got that. Yeah. Okay, carry on. I flagged this up as a possible um, entrant into our pantheon of... Um, mediocrity um, <laughs> because for all the reasons that we're already mentioning that it is a kind of uh, zenith or nadir which whichever way you want to look at it oh, off, this picked, kind yeah. of british um this british obsession with the end of the world um mm. and visitations of horror on a sleepy 
English village. Mm. Um, 100%, yes. That, that, that is a classic trope of all British horror, all science fiction, yep. really, isn't it? And again, you mentioned the demons, Ross. Like, the demons is a very similar setting, isn't it? Yes, when exactly. You, when, yeah, it could, could be the same village almost, couldn't it? Could be the same village. Mm. They're very different villages, though, because the village in the demons is Oldbourne, which is in Wiltshire, and I have visited there. Did you um, dance around the Maypole? I didn't. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to. Th- I, I was wondering if that's a euphemism, but um, no, I didn't. But um, we should. We, the three of us should visit there actually, because it's quite. Oh, yeah. um, quite close. Yeah, I had a look on it's Google quite, Maps as to where it it's was, quite close. and it's yeah, on yeah, the way yeah, up to yeah. London. Is it? It's, if you kind of divert off for, for Ross and I, anyway, on the way up towards mm. London, you know, mm. if you kind of turn right at Farnborough. We could, you can get to it quite easily, Ross. Excellent. And, that's what, and I did I read a thing online it, saying it looks pretty much exactly the same. Yes, it's hardly yeah. barely changed. Yes. I think Turn Right at Farnborough is a very good title for a, for a spin-off episode. <laughs> so <laughs> so do we, shall we start with the... Um, well, we have started. All the, all, the, yeah. um, all, the, all the pre-title sequence is ripped off from another film, which is good. Um, yeah. And then you start with some very austere um, letter set style titles. I, I think it's um, Kim um, San again, um, which was is also, also, yeah, also seen in um, one of the films that we saw. Uh, Death yeah. Line. Yep. Yep. So it just, it's just over the sky, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's very simple. The music, though, is quite un, um, unusual, quite interesting. By Elizabeth Lutyens. I was going to say the soundtrack's yeah, the, amazing. The music is, is outstanding. Elizabeth Lutyens, who was a kind of uh, avant-garde or modernist composer, the daughter of Edwin Lutyens, who was a very famous English architect um mm. the music is is basically punches way above the weight of the film doesn't mm. it correct um, 100 yes definitely and and does enrich a film in ways that i didn't expect because as we will probably find out this is probably the lowest budget film that was ever made in britain <laughs> <laughs> i think that it is there one special effect in the entire film? Well, yeah, I, when, when the, uh, yes. well, one, one special effect we see probably film for this film, because it, like you said at the beginning, now we found out that all the stuff at the beginning was elsewhere. So we got the, when we got the little stick um, uh, tower falling over at the end. Oh, no, I'm not and, talking and about when that. They, oh, I would the, say when, the bit... There's a visual effect when you touch the hand, yes. Yes, yeah. yeah, where the hand reaches and touches Vi... I love the fact that there's someone in this called Vi, which, which is about as British or English, quintessentially, as you can get, isn't yeah, it? Really? So it's, uh, it's up there with Doris, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Doll, yeah. So, um, so I've written Terence Fisher, The Horror of the English Countryside, Picturesque, and then Land Rover. So our hero... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was I was covering the Land Rover when it turned up. I said, yeah, oh. the, the Land Rover is it's like a series one Land Rover. So the the headlights aren't in the wings yet; they're next to the grill in the middle bit. So it looks a bit pinched. The cars of British horror with John Powell. <laughs> <laughs> there were plenty so in this one. Yeah, oh, it's 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 another reason why I chose it. So um, <laughs> so they turn. So our, our hero, whose name I can't remember, it's quite a heroic name though, Jeff isn't it? Jeff Nolan. Jeff Nolan. Yeah. Not, very not tall related. man. Very tall. Yeah. It, as he got very out, he said, oh, he's tall. And Beck was saying, I love the cinched in jacket. Because he had yes. a very, very 
People's waists were so small in the 50s and 60s, weren't they? He's got a very well, futuristic yeah, you know, kind of outdoorsy jacket, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I covered Post-war that Post-war austerity, Ross. Yeah. And, you know, kind of rationing. Yeah. And I'll, I'll come back to rationing later. I'm going to talk about them getting drinks from the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tiny drinks that they have. <laughs> Drinking out of thimbles. But again, um, they probably, are! Yeah, it's probably yeah. the budget restraints as well of the film. Yeah. <laughs> so they... Um, so he turns up in this Land Rover... He parks in this kind of picturesque, um, what would you call it? Village square? Village. Kind of vi- yeah. It's not a village yeah. green, is it? Because there's no. not much green. Um, Steps over a few bodies. Yeah, so he leaves the engine running because you can see the exhaust gases coming out of the Land Rover. Goes into a shop, steals a radio a very from nice a shop. Oh, I, like, I covered that too. There's it's a really of- nice radio with a very long aerial, which is obviously specially for like listening to Radio Moscow or something, isn't yeah. it? Back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he goes into the pub, never turns the ignition off on the radio, <laughs> which is very weird. And then he goes into the pub and I thought, um, wow, this is the nicest pub I've ever seen because it's like a bar in someone's lounge, isn't well, it? Well, it did feel like, that, again, so when they walk, he walked out from a location into an obvious set and set, it did feel yeah. like it was he was walking into um, one of the sets out of uh, Dead of Night. Dead of Night, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Probably was, was it? It's beautifully lit, beautifully dressed set. And this is another thing that I always find fascinating with like, so this is the kind of film that would be released in a bill with a, with a, uh, an A picture. So this would be the B picture. Mm. So this probably went out with like, something. I, in color. I don't know, the Gorgon or something yeah. a, a, like a Hammer mm. 1964 film. So, and this would be a night out. You'd go, you'd see the first film, there'd be an intermission, then you'd see the next film as well. Mm. So it's not just mm. going to see the one film in the pictures. It's see, it's a night of entertainment. Um, yeah. So that's why they made these super cheap films. So it was, it was trying to get people away from the TV that was at that point was Bob Monkhouse doing whatever Bob Munkhouse does. I don't want to bring up what, I don't want to bring up the kind of thing that Bob Munkhouse was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Dawes was two-way I mean, mirror. Yeah, Diana Dawes two-way mirror and every room in his house had a Betamax video cassette recorded, didn't it? But um, we won't go there. We, we won't mention that. But, um, oh, I, a weird part that I thought of this um, film, which kind of set it aside from... from other stuff as well, right from the beginning, was the bit where he finds the dead bird. And he picks up a mm. dead bird oh, and yes. then he puts it to one side. Yeah. And it's a... Pays it's more a, respect to the bird than all the bodies he steps yeah. over. In, in. So, oh, there's all these dead people. I and think he sees try, dead they, people I think they're just the letting you know that everything's but the died. bird... Yes, but it's weird that in a film that's an hour long, mm. But if they leave in the edit, the fact that he's kind of quite caring about the bird, which mm. is very strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's well, so another one of films where the lead is cast as an American, so they can sell it in yes. the states as well. Is, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Nappies are called diapers and stuff as yeah. well, aren't they? Mm. So it's obvious that it's meant to be uh, an American market. Mm. Um, so then he goes into the um, uh, pub, tries to knock on the telly, no joy there. So and I've, like, I, I've, I, I've, I've written down that it reminded me of trying to tune in Channel Five. Yeah. Back in <laughs> and, I've just put, and underneath that, I put that's one for the teenagers. <laughs> As a reference, it's torn from the headlines of oh, 1997 for everyone. Don't howl around. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
oh. pointing a video camera at a TV screen. Yes. For hour upon hour. But for hours. Yeah. Um, Getting a grant from the, yeah. from the government to do it. I did. <laughs> um, I did look at recently what was on Channel 5 at the start, and it was... Je- it was um, Spice Girls. Spice Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the Jack Doherty show. Do you remember Jack yes. Doherty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? Yeah, from Absolutely. Yes, the, yeah. the Scottish Isn't comedian. Isn't strange? He kind of yeah, came yeah. and went... And, and just they disappeared tried, they, without trace, didn't they? Well, what happened, as I said, I seem to recall, is that, you know, they tried to make it, so it was like the American late-night thing, like the David mm. Letterman, um, Leno, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah So yeah. they tried to do that and tried to make it into a, you know, like, uh, appointment TV. But Event then he left. Television. Event, yeah. you got it. And then he left and was replaced by and became, and the person that made more successful, Graham Norton. Oh, no, way. that's how Graham. That's that's how Graham Norton got got his start. Oh, one time, that. one time winner of Rear of the Year, yeah, Graham yeah. Norton. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say so the cream squirt. I was going to yeah. say at that point, one of the guests was probably Denise Van Uten, <laughs> who was also a Rear of the Year, wasn't the she? Year winner. <laughs> so it's she all tying together. She'd probably be on like, oh, I'm here to promote uh, me and Graham. It, you know, I've just done a photo shoot with him. He's spraying ketchup on my boobs. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, Dennis Price turns up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a, a brilliant fall from grace here for Dennis Price, who's in Kind Hearts and Coronets. And this is another wow. situation, a bit like um, our friend who's in um, uh, Dr. Fibes. What's his bloody name? Joseph Cotton. Mm. Where yes. less than 20 years ago, I was in... <laughs> Some of the greatest the films ever yeah. made. Mm. Now I'm in something that probably took two days to shoot in Shepparton <laughs> Studios. <laughs> so that's weird. Paid in so, luncheon vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> paid in, in cheap booze from a, from a <laughs> fake pub. So he comes in and then it's, it's a very quick kind of um, flash through then of character introduction, isn't it? Which is very... Um... Yes, we're told, they pretend first of all that Vi, am I right? That Vi is his wife? No, that's, when that's, well, no, well, no, that's the other no. couple. That's the yeah. other couple. That's Sorry. the other couple, yeah, yeah. I that's can't the remember the lady's name. What's her name? What, like, is it written uh, down anywhere, Cleves? To, to IMDB. Hold on. So she's not, so she, she's like, um, I'm not Mrs. Oh, yeah, Peggy. She, is it Peggy? She says, a ver- she, 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 gives, she gives the game away very quickly. She is... Yeah. Uh, Lo- Lo- Lorna Lorna Bernard was played by uh, Anna Polk. No, no, it's oh. us. no, no, that's the young one. No, uh, no, 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 no. Peggy, no. Peggy Hatton, you're right. Peggy Hatton. Peggy Hatton. So Peggy, Peggy comes in, and she's the only character that's introduced with a beauty filter. So when yeah. she comes in, it, the, the lens is <laughs> smeared with Vaseline, isn't yeah. it? Like for. Which is very odd because it's not the rest of the film isn't shot in that way at all. But I was, I was um, thinking when I was watching this is that she was obviously being put as like this is the good looking person. Yes, and yeah. I yeah. was trying to you, these films. You can't. I don't think you can tell how old anyone's meant to be well, is. or, or no. actually are because <laughs> no. um, because I was thinking well now. The, the the love interest wouldn't be someone at that age, but I was thinking about how old no. is she actually? And then because when you were talking yeah. about uh, Dennis Price, because I was looking yeah. up on Wikipedia, and he died when he was in his fifties. So I was thinking, how fucking old was he when he was in? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't die in his fifties. Right, Did he? Yeah, so like, <laughs> he can't have done. How old was he in this? The war really took it out of people, didn't it? Like it everyone, did. everyone aged twenty years yeah. in five years. He died years. of a heart failure in Guernsey in uh, in nineteen seventy three, 
Age yeah. 58. Oh my Jesus. God. So what is he in this film then? So 48. Let's go, let's... 58. <laughs> he was 58. No, but he, di- he died at 58. So in this yeah, film, he's so 48. Yeah. 48. Oh She's only five God. years older than us. It's mental, isn't it? When you start, that is you can't tell mental. how old people are in the fifties. No, well, you can't. You can't tell how old the, the hero is, can you? How no. old? Uh, what's the hero's name again? I've already forgotten again. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> Jeff Nolan, played by Jeff Willard, Nolan, Jeff Willard, Willard, Parker. Willard Parker. His name is so bland that you just forget it, unless you, you think of it. the Nolans. So every every time now, <laughs> I'll have to try and think of the Nolans. But it's like he he looks. Potentially in his sixties, doesn't he? He's born in nineteen twelve. So how old does that make him? Christ! Oh, he's fifty three at this point. Yeah, but he looks sixty three. It's because they all smoke so much and um, (laughs) and drink so much, (laughs) don't they? Uh, Their faces are absolutely like like a kipper, aren't they? Mm. Everyone's so wrinkly. As we said, having having gone toe to toe with the Wehrmacht, (laughs) quite frankly, (laughs) you know, that's going to put a few years on you. More on that in a minute. Exactly. Because when it comes to shooting later on, everyone's very casual about firearms and weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then again, anyway, we'll get on to it in a minute. None of them need to aim, do they? They all shoot from the hip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, there was lots of sort of gun gun business. Gun business. You know, how they hold a gun. Um, so yeah, um, we're introduced then to Dennis Price and Peggy. Um, he's got a gun. He's obviously straight away. He's a bit of a dodgy character, isn't he? He's a bit yeah. of a spiv yes. or like a wide boy or something. Well, and I, I, I just thought he was supposed to be like a spy, wasn't he? Ooh. A spy. I, I felt that, that he, from, he cut, just I watching it. I just had, had the feeling that he had like he kind of had a rough idea what was going on. <laughs> Uh, and he never told them had like 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 access to firearms and stuff like that oh, and the fact that she said yeah, he had a gun before everyone yeah, else yeah, got yeah, one yeah. yeah so maybe a criminal but i just oh. his general demeanor i felt that he was he had like some a kind, kind of, of double agent spine, yeah because when they they all yeah, talk yeah. they all just they all find out that they've all been in places where they were had filtered air yeah so, amazingly so yeah well yeah yes well jeff was up in a plane uh yeah, uh, yes. a, a uh, experimental vertical takeoff takeoff airplane, which is um, yeah, Harry Harry jump jump jet. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone else was in an oxygen tent. Um, that's yeah. and that's the note that I've made. Do people still get put in oxygen tents? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, after the Michael really Jackson, um, yeah, uh, well, well, did, didn't they? I was going to say, yeah, but I just thought you don't really hear that anymore. It's like being in an iron lung. People aren't, yeah. aren't putting iron lungs anymore, are they? No. And it's no, like, oh, I wonder no. if it, it's, people just have to go into an oxygen tent. This was a bit like the boy in the bubble. Uh, because these people walking around, uh, well, the, the Roberts ah. did look like um, uh, John Travolta walking around in his special um, breathing <laughs> suit in the boy in the bubble. Um, mm. Why are we calling them Roberts? Well, yeah. That's what the characters called it in the film. They were calling them Roberts. Peggy! Peggy! The robots. Um, So at this point, one of the corking lines that pepper this film is delivered, which is, "Everyone was dead." (laughs) (laughs) But that's the 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 height of the emotion people give for the whole of society. Every living thing on the planet dying. No one's that bothered. Everyone. Everyone was dead. Um, my my, my favourite bit from this that when they uh, when they are recounting the fact that everyone has died, they go everyone 
even the shipping. And with that, he goes, <laughs> no, not the ships. Don't say that about the ships. And I've just written, she's very upset about shipping. Very upset about shipping. And then we are immediately boat. told that yeah. her son is at sea. But yeah. also, and, and that's one of the two times in this film that someone becomes um, unsensible, shall upset, we say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Three-dimensional. But that's um, what, when we meet Vi and the, the drunk chap. Who, um, he's brilliant. Who's he, given yes. us a, so basically just saying, I was at a party and we were... <laughs> and then when, <laughs> when this all happened... And that's, um, that's I've written down that. Um, yeah, so that's Thorley Walters, who, um, who is in a lot of Hammer films playing yeah. much older characters than he plays in this film. He's usually got a whited out moustache and hair. Yeah. Um, he's in um, Frankenstein Created Woman. He's very good in Frankenstein Created Woman. <laughs> Boom, man. There is a There is a moment where Peggy um, is escorted by um, Nolan to the bar and, because it's, she seems incapable of getting herself a drink. Yeah. Like she said, she's a, 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 as a woman, she's so feeble that she can't even pour herself a drink out of a bottle, which is very odd, isn't it? Everyone, all um, the women in this film are treated like absolute idiots. None, of them, none of them are allowed to have any guns. No. Uh, yeah, it's like all they're there for is making people dinner and delivering babies. You know? <laughs> yeah. I've noted the thing down about the dinner. So then we find out that some people that we saw previously in... Um, the crashed uh, Austin Cambridge outside, mm. Thorley Walters and Vi, they're still mm. alive. Uh, and they come in, don't they? And they're some of the people. Yeah. Where, where were they? They in were the in the They were, No, no, no. <laughs> hang on, hang on. But they survived they the gas incident. Having, because they were having sex on the couch somewhere. They were in a party, in That's a couch. That's not dialogue, Ross. <laughs> but in a, in a laboratory that right. had got filtered air. Okay. So, how many laboratories so do you elaborate. know that hold parties Jeez. and have sofas? Mm. Um, and I, I bet the one where in the stone tapes would, would have been one of the places. Yeah, where yeah. Have good call. <laughs> Ryan Electronics. But Vi was feeling under the weather, mm. and he and then he gives a massive wink, <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like. How can you get yeah. away with dialogue like this yeah. in like 1964? I, it's so obvious what he's um, intimating. That's when you're 60s. I, I um, really empathised with Edgar in the film because I just thought, yeah, this is, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm represented on screen here in the fact he's, he's slightly pissed my, he's slightly pissed most of the time. Then at one point he's like, I don't know what to do. Are you sure? That's exactly what I'd be like. He's just like, oh, help, I don't know, I don't know. And then so when, um, when we get up to the scene at the end, I was like, yes. So this oh, is a, another cracking line at this point that Vi comes out with. We were scared to death. That's why we hid in the grocers. <laughs> <laughs> Step David Arkwright. <laughs> the logic. Oh, yeah. But she said, at least we've got some food. If, if we're, yeah, yeah, we've got food. If you're scared, head for the nearest grocers. That but, is but the, the equivalent of going to the mall in Dawn of the Dead. For Britain, it's just going to the grocers. Yeah. So then we've, we work out that it's a gas attack and it smells a bit like mushrooms. Mm. And then it's not even a ship. Nothing, um, which is the, <laughs> not even a ship. And then we're introduced then to the Roberts, mm. who are basically the Mondas Cybermen, aren't they? Yeah. They come in and they are excellent and also absolutely rubbish. Well, yeah, and yeah, there's, there's no point in this film where any of these robots or the, the zombies, which we see later on, are actually. Yeah doing anything to hurt anyone. No, they're just uh, wandering about. Yeah, apart from when you attack them. 
Yes. So, yeah, in that very it's a very, very low-powered menace slash threat. Yeah. <laughs> I you don't really feel like, oh, Christ, a, a half-decent jog will get you <laughs> straight away from trouble yeah, in this situation. They make a lot of noise so you can hear them coming. And maybe that's why I found them quite terrifying, James, because I wouldn't oh, okay. be able to jog. <laughs> <laughs> I found the zombies in this and these robots really, really creepy, and they really freaked <laughs> me out. Even though the I took notes. The zombies are pretty creepy. The zombies are very creepy, but I took notes that with the robots, they've got, um, um, they've got a microphone stuck to the front of their... Um, visor thing yeah. mm-hmm. even they they don't speak and on their backpack they've got a rubber steering rack gator from a car <laughs> which is just like held in place with some screws yeah. which i thought was just absolutely amazing they've got, they got silver platform shoes on as well to make they've technology like they've got like asphalt spreaders boots on haven't they mm-hmm. so they're walking very gingerly yeah but doing um, nothing just wandering around but Again, a bit like the Mondas Cybermen, there's something about them which is really weird, dehumanising and quite creepy. And there's this kind of rudimentary look that makes them look like they've been put together by a really weird scientist or something. And and I I really did not like them at all. I was surprised by how creeped out I was by them. And I think they're very effective. And I think that's what modern films these days really... They d- I mean, this this film, for all of its shortcomings, is a real um, a lesson in how to build tension, isn't it? Because the bit where um, Peggy is shut in the wardrobe and the zombie guy comes in and is and she's looking through the grill at him, that really gave me squeaky bum time. And I was wow. just like, "What? This, this is an hour long, like universal rated film, yeah. and I'm quite scared yeah. watching oh. it." And then I'll watch something like The Exorcist and just be like, oh, God, this is like, you know, the spewing and the, you know, it doesn't build tension. Mm. And I think this really does build tension very effectively. So basically, um, um, the uh, Vi thinks it's the REF come to help everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yes. the, it's the Air Force. It's the Air Force. Yeah. Runs out. Um, and mm. then one of them touch her with a glowing wait, hand. Wait, please, wait. Yes. Yeah, and then she, she's killed. <laughs> yeah. And then they they empty all their guns with lots of ricocheting sound effects. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've written down that I said Tagger just I put amazingly relaxed shooting from him. Yes. Yeah. The Jeff has got kind of like at rifle. least tries to yeah. make it look like with his rifle yeah. that he's aiming and yeah. shooting. Whereas basically Tagger just looks it, it's the hand action of a man throwing his car keys yeah. on the, <laughs> in a swingers party. Yeah. Going for, wow, or whatever. <laughs> or you know, or throwing in the remote control across the room to a to a truculent <laughs> teenage son. He's just like blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> and the, and once again, neither of them look freaked out by the fact that someone they know has clearly just been murdered, and that aliens have invaded. They say, "Yeah, fine, yes. whatever, just just light them up." Well, well, they weren't bothered by the whole population of the Earth dying either. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. They got over that. Yeah, they got over that all pretty quick. There is a certain insouciance to. Um... Dennis Price. I mean, Dennis Price is literally. He, I think he was probably pissed all the way through making this film, <laughs> yeah. and he was just literally a bit like Joseph Cotton. He was just paying a bill, wasn't he? It's like, yeah, on the phone to his agent, get me anything you can, darling. I, I, 
spend an awful lot on the bookies, uh, the bookkeepers. <laughs> uh, not bookkeepers, what do you call them? The GGs. The turf accountant has taken an awful lot of money off me this month. What have you got? The Earth Dice Streaming. Oh, it sounds absolutely dreadful. Well, it says here, in 1967, Price was declared bankrupt, attributing his financial distress to ex- extravagant living and most inadequate gambling. Oh, Call it, John. Yeah. Call it. Oh, yeah. my God. He then moved to the tax haven island of Sark, which coincided oh. with his escalation of alcoholism. Towards oh, the end of his dear. life, There's not, not much else to do in Sark. Yeah. Sorry, people of Sark. <laughs> I think I've been to Sark. Is that by Guernsey? don't know. I yeah, think I went Price appeared there. in a series of horror movies, including Twins of Evil, Horror yeah. Hospital, and Theatre of Blood, yeah. as well as five films directed by uh, Jesus Franco. One of his last oh, film appearances. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, one of his last film appearances was a star-studded version of Alice in Wonderland with Ralph Richardson, Robert Helpman, Peter Sellers, and Dudley Moore, amongst others. No way! Yeah, uh, yeah he's 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 the butler in Twins of Evil, and then I can remember him being in a horror hospital. But horror hospital is just is the visual equivalent, the filmic equivalent of just watching a dog shit on the pavement for an hour. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's the worst film ever. Michael Goff, just the most non-actor of all time. Our final, you know, our, our final dramatis person A arrive. And again, <laughs> the other thing that when we're saying about how influential this film was, uh, no, it's, this is all very, it's all very, very similar to George, yeah. George A. Romero's classic yes. Night of the Living Dead, isn't it? And the fact that everyone is holed up in one location together. Yeah, different yeah, people yeah, turn yeah, up at different yeah. Times. This is, I guess, the first film to properly do this? Maybe. I think uh, you know, so, it, yeah. Yeah. It feels so, like that it just went massively under the radar, but maybe some people somewhere saw it. I think this film yeah. is the Velvet Underground of British ah, horror. Nice analogy. Because, like it, it. you know... It's yeah. everyone that saw it went on to make a film. Um, so maybe that, I, I don't yeah. know if that's true at all, obviously. Some of that. Well, but, um, it sounds good. It sounds good. But yeah, so a couple turn up. They're, they're a young couple in inverted commas. Yes, the lady is pregnant, isn't she? The man, the boy is a bit of a, a twat. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, but they park up next to the Land Rover and there's an MGB next to the Land Rover what, yes. that wasn't there like five um, minutes he before. He's next to the sports car. Partners to the sports mm. car. So they get out of the um, Vauxhall uh, and, and he tells him where to park and he says, is that an order, sir? And I was like, yeah, teen rebellion in the parochial English countryside. At one point, some one of them goes, a cheeky kid and a pregnant girl. That's, <laughs> that's all we need. And what I've written is, oh, in many ways, this was like post-World War II Britain's fears, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Cheeky teens. Cheeky Not teams. knowing their place and loose moral ladies. And they, the, the retort is they could be the most important people on the Bullshit. planet. Yeah. Yes. It, what he actually says is pregnant gal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I wrote it down. Pregnant gal <laughs> and a cheeky teen. Um, <laughs> that's Dennis Price says that. Um, they have survived because they've broken into an air raid shelter. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So <laughs> how... It is the air in an air raid shelter that you've broken into still filtered um, nearly 20 years after the end of the war? Unless it was a, uh, it could be wow. a nuclear... Uh, uh, a uh, nuclear a bunker. Bunker, which would have filter in it, but filtering with it, wouldn't it? Do you think this is... Did, did this make you think mm. of James James Herbert Cleves? Uh, not yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking nuclear bunker. It's yeah. a bit like the fog, I think, oh. so far. 
Oh, you're probably a bit further ahead in the fog than I am at the moment. I really am not. I think I've got to like page four or something. <laughs> I finally got my copy. Stand up. Have you started, yeah. James? No. <laughs> I'm, you got two weeks. No shot. problem. No problem. Yes. Get through it a day. No, that's no problem, Ross. But yeah. So we then get they they all kind of decide that they're going to hunker down for the night, don't yeah. don't they? And then I've written that the film takes like quite a weird right hand turn. It like it suddenly turns into like they're all just kind of like hanging out in a hotel bar, yeah. and Jeff just starts like telling him about his life. Yeah, like, it feels fight, like it's a, a totally different with... film. Yeah, it's a yeah, totally yeah. different. None of them are like Jesus Christ. Are we the last people on <laughs> earth? Like, so anyway, it. let me tell you about you know. Uh, yeah. Where's my dinner? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very relaxed. Then there's a bit where um they mention the two men in spacesuits and they and mm. and the and. Someone is like, you've seen them? And, the, and someone else says, at least they're men. And it's like, what does that <laughs> mean? At least yeah. they're men. Not women in spacesuits. That would be disgusting. <laughs> so then they all start talking about a drill hall. Oh, yes. And I love the mention of a drill hall, because it makes me think of Dad's Army. Yes. So yeah. I thought maybe they're they're in Warmington on sea. Yeah. In this, but the military was so much more a bigger thing, wasn't it? All of them would have gone through national service. They would yeah, all yeah, have yeah, yeah, yeah. got because that was one of the things Civil I was defense. thinking. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, I know where, and I have scouted out if something like this happened. I would know where to get guns in Dorchester, but <laughs> <laughs> I um, don't think I know how to shoot one. Is that is it? Is that the Dorchester Museum, please? So the you keep. turn up with like with like a Cromwellian uh, <laughs> blunderbuss or something, and you go quick. I, I know where Hitler's desk <laughs> is, everybody. <laughs> Drake's drum. Um, so for some reason, they go to this drill hall um, to find some more ammo and guns, even though they've previously fired their guns at the men in silver suits and they've had no effect. So it's like, why are you trying to get more guns? Because the ones you've got haven't worked. So they go there anyway. And there's a nice sequence of, um, which version of this did you watch? Did you watch this on YouTube? Yeah. With the Spanish subtitles. With Spanish subtitles. (laughs) So it's nice to learn in Spanish, all the things for drill and like (laughs) RAF and stuff like this. Um, because I recorded it on Virgin, then I thought, I can't put hell through this, so I'll have to watch it on my laptop. Uh, so they break into various different rooms. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's a bit of time wasted where they're just finding guns and stuff, aren't they? Yeah. And then they, yeah. they show the Thorley, Thorley Walters character how to fire a gun. And that's when he's like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> what to do. He's, and that's he's, like, just yeah, he's just permanently pissed. And then there's the there's the, the brilliant line, I only have an occasional drink at a party. <laughs> and it's like, how many fucking parties do you go to, pal? Um, and then they go back to the pub. And this is where another uh, uh, immortal line is, is emitted. I've got your dinner warming in the oven. Because <laughs> that's all the women do in this film, yeah, is it's, warm it's dinner. When they pick up the guns, they just give every man a gun and every woman yeah. just watches as the, as the yes. guns are handed yes. out. Yeah. You can't have guns. You stand behind the men. Um, so then there's a weird bit where Mel, who is the rude teenager, has, has stolen a load of cash from somewhere. Oh, I like that. And bit. goes on this mad he goes on this mad philosophical rant about the nature of money, doesn't he? Which is quite That's exactly <laughs> my notes right there, John. Look at that. Suddenly very philosophical scene about money. Where all of a sudden he's like, What does it mean? What does money mean now? It, it, I would have done anything, anything for money. <laughs> now I would have murdered nothing. someone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. But it's interesting that Taggart jumped into the fire to rescue the money. So what yeah. Yes, he's like, shit. Yeah, and again. I, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that we don't know anything about him, and it is quite no. interesting mm. that we can start sort of analysing this now to try and work out either they cut something out so um, which told us who he was, or yeah. maybe we're meant to try and work out who he is. What it's possible, yeah. So, or uh, maybe maybe this scripting is so lazy that it's just like A happens, B happens, C happens, just, just, and it just fades crank to black. It out. <laughs> I like the I, I like the the bit where Mel says the things that he'd buy with the money, and one of the main things he says is good furniture. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he says furniture, good furniture, and it's Imagine. like oh, good furniture. What's good yeah, furniture, Mel? It's oh, all just like, very post-war rationing, isn't it? That yeah. whole vibe coming off of it. And yeah, I think I, I don't think Ross that they were like they sat down and said, "I know, let's let's keep this character, let, let, let's keep him ambivalent." So we, we said the audience isn't one hundred percent sure. I think they were just like, "Hurry up, we've got to get this finished." They're yeah. filming yeah. carry <laughs> carry on cabby yeah. on this yeah. next week. Come on. What they probably add is that uh, union rules mean that 
we finish at eight. And if we finish at eight, we finish at eight. We Mm. don't carry on film. (laughs) I remember reading something once. I can't remember what it was. Was it maybe about Star Wars? And it's like Star Wars was shooting. And they couldn't believe that at eight o'clock, everyone literally just stopped. Done. And just yeah. went. George Lucas did it his nut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it didn't matter what scene was happening. It was like, we finish at eight, mate. We're off. Yeah, we've got an alien as well, didn't it? Oh, did yeah. it really? Yeah, it aliens, aliens, surprise. aliens. It was, um, yeah. Uh, James Cameron was just like, had a massive sort of like. Uh, Amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Union Rose, mate. With the, with, the, with the crew, yeah. God Some damn it, you limeys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make art. That men stood outside <laughs> around a barrel with some holes in it, with a fire in it, like warming their hands. Yeah, someone drives past in an Austin princess <laughs> with three wheels. Um, uh, painting a picture with So words. then there's a really, there's a really amazing, weird scene mm. where the main guy is watching the girl, the pregnant girl in the kitchen, getting some milk. Yeah, and a very weird sort of a, a paternal sort of like, oh Yeah, and the music's, yeah. Like, and women. The music's like, boop. The music for that part is amazing. Yeah. And then, but then it goes, and it goes really sinister. And then the robot yeah. comes in and just stands silhouetted in the window. Again, does nothing, re- doesn't, does nothing to harm Does him. nothing, but that really freaked me out because it does nothing. I think the thing, I think the fact that it does nothing is the most sinister part of it. It's not that it smashes through the window. Mm-hmm. I think what Terence Fisher is doing is you're waiting for something and that something never comes does it so you're just like oh my god what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and it never quite happens and then the robot turns and our and mr nolan our hero because i've forgotten his first name already but i am am, jeff nolan i am remembering the nolan sisters um he hides behind some kind of weird tudor beam and then the robot doesn't see him but i found that scene really creepy and really weird Hmm. and it's just i think it's amazing what you can do with just no material. Yeah. And you can make something spooky, even it's literally just a shit looking robot at a window. If you get the music and you get the editing and the tempo right, it does something which is quite magical. And I and I found that really interesting and quite and quite weird actually. Um mm. and I've written robot at window horrible. Yes. <laughs> this is, well, this is happening, isn't Taggart sort of stealing food and stuff because he's about to make a run for it. I must say at this point that we're not talking about Taggart, the um, t- TV cop from uh, Scottish TV of the 1980s. The, the, titular, the titular character. <laughs> the titular character. <laughs> What's the music for Taggart? Do we remember? This was no mean town. Or this, this is no... <laughs> it was a very smoky vocal, wasn't it? Hey, you did let, the let vocal, James. No, he would have been starring in it if he did the music for it. Um, um where is Jimmy yeah. now? Where is, is Jimmy now? Maybe we Rock could, we could get G, uh, GLT to go and find him. <laughs> I think we should get GLC to go and find him. <laughs> Oh no, we don't. This video will play after ads. Curse you, YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, great. Right, so this is Scottish television. Oh, yeah, nice. Let me put it around. Oh, yes. 
high TV in it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've never watched an episode of Target. No, I haven't well, either. Let's just enjoy this for a minute. This is great. <laughs> Do you know what this makes me think of? The war era, Pink Floyd. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's there very, that's very, it's very Dave Gilmore, isn't it? Yeah, and this is the closing <laughs> credits. <laughs> Imagine the... Oh. There's the lyrics, there's the lyrics. Sounds <laughs> 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 like Cranky's singing that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That is amazing. The melody. Oh, this didn't make an, an assault on the charts. There <laughs> 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 oh, goes. It's another couple of minutes. So yeah. Okay. That's enough of that. Yeah. We don't. Need, also, it, just as an aside, the guy who was Taggart, his brother was in the suite, wasn't he? He was the singer from the suite. You're joking. No. What was his name? Brian. Brian something, wasn't it? Uh, um, yeah, hang on. Uh, Brian. Uh, this this is a good episode for um. Yeah. So the famous, trivia, the famous theme song from Taggart is called No Mean City and has an illustrious pedigree. It was written by Mike Mar- Mike Moran, who acclaimed, acclaimed musician who wrote classic tracks for Bar- the Bas- classic track Barcelona for Freddie Mercury, and also wrote, a so- also wrote a song called <laughs> Snot Rap for Kenny Everett. It's not here with some GPH for your flaming air. It's all in river, it's all in rhyme. You wanna what I'm talking about half the time? It's a rap. It's a load of fireballs, it don't make sense. It's all off the wall of the local jeans. You can listen if you want, I couldn't care less. The whole thing's it's all musical mess, it's a rap. Podcast. That is literally the most general witchfinders fact I've ever heard. Read, ever. Ross, read it again. Uh, no Mean City is the famous theme song uh, from Taggart. It has an illustrious Taggart. pedigree. It was written by Mike Moran, an acclaimed musician who wrote the classic track Barcelona for Freddie Mercury and also wrote a song called Snot Rap by Kenny Everett. That, that is absolutely brilliant. insane, I, isn't it? 
I that that name, he's done something else, you know. This is Mike Right, okay. And, and the that, sweet uh, as well. We've got the sweet. We've got Freddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got Kenny Everett. Oh, Snot Rap. <laughs> Do you remember Sid Snot? That was off of, uh, of the course. 10 things you didn't know about Taggart from the Scottish Sun <laughs> website. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. If this is, I think this is a... a, a Pivotal episode of this podcast. Because yeah. the information, Marvelous. the information that we're putting across is just incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there was a, a Mike Moran did a Taggart album for twenty two tracks. Twenty two tracks. Yeah. Good that's, like, that's like the White Album of Taggart, isn't yeah. it? One of the one of the um. So we got uh, tracks such as <laughs> "Digging Up the Past." <laughs> he co-wrote R- Lindsay Rock Bottom with Lindsay DePaul. <laughs> <laughs> this is now a Mike Moran fan podcast. Everyone Mike forget the Moran. Where is he still alive? Can we get him on? Yeah, he's still going. And one of the tracks is called "The Nightmare Begins" and a nightmare on a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> guys, 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 guys! Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. He also oh. did the theme tune. Four chain letters, lucky ladders, <laughs> and the Krypton factor. Oh, no way. Way. didn't Tom O'Connor die today? He did, he did, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it's all tied so together. We killed, Mike, we killed him as well. We killed um, <laughs> Richard Donner last week, and they rhyme Tom O'Connor. Richard Donner, who's next? <laughs> if you rhyme with Donner and Connor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're all desperate. You can see our eyes, like... <laughs> oh, Des O'Connor's dead, isn't he? Right? No, no, is he? Des- is De- yeah, oh, yeah Des O'Connor's dead. That's yeah. you. <laughs> yes, yeah, now I Des remember, yeah, yeah. Tom O'Connor. Connor, Donna, Bonner, Shauna. Anyway. We so, um, <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Vi, Vi is in bed. Yes. So, weirdly... So you cut straight from that creepy scene to Vi in bed under a sh- like a satin sheet. And I was like, mm. what the fuck? This is really creepy. Because I, I, I was like, I don't know who this is. So what's happening? And then yeah. suddenly it's like, that person under the sheet is alive. And it's Vi. She gets up. And then obviously we have the reveal. She's got the same boiled egg eyes as everyone yeah. that is the, is the victim of the creature in um, Nightmare Express or whatever Horror it's called. Horror Express. Horror, Horror, Horror Express. The very same poached egg eyes. And we're like, oh. So then but she comes How did you describe them? They got the, the grey goo or something like that. They- well, I've written it down, please, because <laughs> it's really funny. So then she comes downstairs. And I thought, I, all I was thinking was, this must have been a nightmare for the actress because she obviously can't see anything. Well, there's little pinpricks in the middle. If you look, oh, there are. are yeah, there? because when they, oh, they were, yeah. So I, I, I don't think my uh, my version was high res enough <laughs> to see the pinpricks. So she's walking downstairs. Comes into the room. She sees everyone asleep. Looks at them. Does looks, nothing again. Does nothing. Completely. Dennis Price comes in where he's been stealing food out the fridge. Shoots her, and then she um, screams, which is a nice touch. That. Yeah. That is weird, because if she's dead, why does she scream? I, I know, thought that but was weird. I quite like that, because that made it a little bit more 
creepy and yeah. sinister. Yeah, and, and also, very like, once again, he, he takes in seeing a reanimated corpse in his stride, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, no he emotion whatsoever. Just like, dead. whatever. <laughs> Kablam! With yet yeah. again another loose yeah. shot. Yeah. It could be a fact that they, they were mistaken that she was dead and she has got up. <laughs> Killer anyway. Because yeah, they then start yes. arguing about yes. it. And he was like, She was coming at me. I had to stop her. You all saw it. Yes. <laughs> you all saw it. <laughs> James, you just sound like Daphros. <laughs> Daphros? I, I, yes, I that's all right. Um, so, um, <laughs> so then Thorley Walters as it goes at Dennis Price. So Dennis Price slaps Thorley oh, Walters. That's a really good um, slap fight, that is. But, yeah, but yeah. Once again, he becomes insensible. But then... <laughs> he just goes mad. But then Jeff Nolan comes in and punches Dennis Price and knocks yeah. him out. That's brilliant, because I love, I love the slap and then the punch. That was brilliant. And then Dennis Price says something like, she hasn't got any eyes, just grey blobs. <laughs> That is actual dialogue that made it to the film. She hasn't got any eyes, just grey blobs. Grey blobs. Blobs. Terrifying. Um, So then they're on watch. Uh, then, then do they agree then that they don't? They're not going to stay in the pub. Yeah. they're going to go back to the drill hall. Yeah, we, one of our free so, free sets. We need to go to one of the other free sets. Yes, so they go there and they they're on Dennis Price and uh, Thingy Nolan are on uh, watch. But then, for some reason, Dennis Price then waits all night to hit Jeff Nolan on the back of the head with a gun, knock him yeah. out to escape. Um, and does he does he take Peggy with him? He in the forces MTA? her. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. You're coming with me, my little bit of tot- totty. <laughs> he doesn't say it that. Is, it but is it's quite like, sinister. It is, it is pretty much really, implied that you're going to be my concubine from that. that yes, it's very it's very creepy. Um, so he uh, Jeff wakes up and says, "Ooh, <laughs> my ooh, <laughs> my oh. head." Again, another piece of dialogue that's amazing. Um, in the meantime, it cuts back to Dennis Price pulling up at a service station in the MG, yeah. where the electric yes. is still on. Yeah. So for yeah. the petrol pump to work, he put, put, but he puts literally about two seconds. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and it starts pumping yeah. before he puts it in. Yeah. <laughs> so there's lots of bits in this film, and I was thinking, is this foley or stuff we've called it up? Because there's lots of very over the top mm. steps on gravel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I noticed that at the start that the steps that is a very 60s British thing if you watch um, uh, um, Dracula Prince of Darkness that is basically an hour and a half of just recordings of people's footsteps <laughs> <laughs> just up and down up and down stone flagstones it's really weird a lot of gravel yeah, um, but there was a lot but, of um, a lot of t- uh, time and effort put onto the sound of unscrewing yes. that petrol cap but then again then he's just like puts petrol in and then he takes it out, and it's like, how far are you going, mate? Yeah. You're trying to get south, and it's like you've put about. No, he's going pressure. north. No, because everyone else wants oh, to go he, south. He he's going go north, north, is he? All yeah. oh, right, but yes. he never says why, does he? No. Never says no. why. But it's like you're literally going to get to the end of the street on that much petrol, mm. and then you're going to run out. Um, and then we have 
then the kind of horror ramps up. And when I say ramps up... Yeah, from a, from a two to a three. <laughs> from 0.5 to 0.7, we have robots and we have the undead in a bit of a tag team then, don't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Um, so Peggy has run off. She's left him uh, to bugger off in the MG. She goes back into the pub to hide. And then we have the undead who have been described as the servants or slaves of the robots, haven't they? Yeah. Mm. And we have them then uh, looking for her. And this, for me, is, is a really, really creepy scene where she's hiding in the um, wardrobe. Uh, wardrobe. A bit like Shades of um, Blue Velvet with, um, is it? Um, yeah. Dennis Hoffer Frank. and um, Frank. Yeah, and Carl McLaughlin. Yep. Yes, he, he hides, doesn't he? And she's is she is what's her name with him? And she's having laughing gas and all that stuff happening. Yeah. I haven't seen it for years. I can't remember. But that's what it reminded me of. And I just thought, oh god, this really creeped me out because this guy comes up really close with his bloody boiled egg eyes, and I'm like, why is this? Yeah, the crane blobs. I was like, why is this creeping me out? But it really again, works. But again, they do nothing. They they do they 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 do have no threat that's, whatsoever. Just no, around. she just. They just look in, yeah. don't they? And then, and then she runs back again. outside again. There's a, a robot yeah. which quickly gets um, replaced by a dummy as Jeff yeah. Williams comes bobbing yes. along. That is amazing. The big stunt. You, yeah. you, you, <laughs> you cut from the, the robot to a dummy stood in a totally different position with only half of the bloody costume on. Yeah, like, overpadded. The, ro- the robots have got like a big glass dome over their oh, face, haven't do, they? Yeah. Don't and a microphone. Got to take but that back. None of that, none of that is in the prop. So then he runs it over and then it falls down and it explodes. Um, but then you so see that that's it's... Something, that's something you realise it's an automaton. It, yes, it's got well, a robotic inside. Well, you, you say that, Ross, but to start off with, uh, that's what I've written down, is that, that in the following scene, there's like a lot of explication about the zombies and what's going mm. on. And he spends a lot of time like talking about them. He doesn't seem to give a shit about the fact there's a dead alien no. or, you know, dead alien technology in front of him. He says, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah. And he's just... <laughs> uh, it's, um, yeah, it's like, where's this from? What is it? And, they, and he's just like, oh, they're robots. And then, well, and then so we, well, we have robots in our space space program where we send to the to, to explain to everyone what a, robot is, what a robot is you know Ro- um, robot oh there's a weird little bit of dialogue where um they talk about the zombies and they're like what would they do if they escaped and he's like and jeff is like they'd be worse worse than animals <laughs> <laughs> ah, what does that mean no don't know, but it sounds horrible, doesn't it? We need to make a sequel to this film. Yeah, well, I, I would love a sequel. It's crying out for a sequel because the ending is so insane. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, which we're coming up to very, very quickly yeah, because yes, we get, up. Yeah. I've written to it Go down, on. orienteering section. That's completely inconsequential. A baby's born. They realise that the... Um, Besides the one part where they get a racist caricature doll... I yes. miss that. From yeah. the village, which is very, very weird, isn't yeah. it? We had a conversation yeah. uh, previously. Are we allowed to say what, what the, the how name. do you refer to this racist character called doll? And we decide we're best not to say it. But we're just going to say racist it used caricature doll. The the mascot of Robinson's Jam. Yeah, there we yes, go. that's right. That's right. You should know. Also, what, yeah. it was the case. This is. It was just like 
um, we need the woman. Get the woman here. The, the get ba- the woman. And she said, I don't know how to. I don't know how to deliver a baby. And he goes, you'll soon learn. Push her into the room. <laughs> <laughs> this is a woman's and work. She's, and she's like, uh, we need safety pins. Um, and <laughs> safety diapers. pins. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and a racist caricature doll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but that happens. It may, there's, there's no no threat. It, it it all goes okay, but then yeah. you're saying, James, that's when they start w- working out. We're so it's men, like, we're such men, radio. Yeah. Let's get to the yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah. Don't matter about the, the baby bit. They learn about triangulation. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, in the meantime, Foley Walters is pissed and he's pissed Brilliant. out of his mind, isn't oh, he? Does so great, just, oh, he does a great drunk sound dead effect. Pissed. Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I always set that here. Yeah. Every time John gets close to the microphone, you could, every, our listeners can hear how good this podcast could sound if John would sit no. I literally could never sit this close to the microphone. Move the microphone closer to I like, your I, face. I, I, I like can't. It's on a table. I like that. Fucking... He... <laughs> can you see it's on a table? Uh... It's on a the, table. The more inti- I like that he does the more intimate moments with the listeners. Yes. It's like he's letting them in on a secret. It's great. Hello, listeners. There you I'm go. in see? your ears. Uncle John here. <laughs> How good does that sound? <laughs> so, um, so Otis is pissed. He's not involved. Um, and then there, and and then um, Mel is that his name? Yeah. It's like, how are we going to find them? And he's like, we're just going to use this radio and a piece of copper wire. And then he sticks a piece of copper wire on top of the aerial. They go and drive to the middle of nowhere, and then they start drawing, um, drawing on orienteering. The yeah, <laughs> the sort of thing they used to make me do in bloody cubs. <laughs> rulers get ordnance survey maps come yeah. out. The lot. It's very right, it's so very they then go. Yes, let's go and blow up one of those towers and see what happens. At one point, what? Yes, again, I've put down low stakes peril. The movie. One of the roberts walks very slowly towards the young man. But very I like slowly. the slowness. I like the slowness and the deliberateness, and I find it raises the tension. Meanwhile, back at HQ, back at the barracks, the, everyone, you know, they are then under assault too at the same time by the, you know, by the robots and the zombies. Ah, and then the mad bit, she just picks up a phone. She doesn't dial it. just goes, Jeff! <laughs> Down on it. And then amazingly, it cuts to the Land Rover and he hears her. Yeah. And I wrote down, how's he just heard her? Like, Jeff, Jeff. And it's like, it's not ringing. He just hears her. And then just puts the hand and goes, yes, what is it? You know, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. But so, yeah, it doesn't matter. It, does, it, does, it sounds like we're ending this podcast very quickly, but that it's because the film just ends very quickly. And just like literally on a dime. Yeah. yeah. What I do like though is Dennis Price turns up again. He's obviously been got at this point, hasn't he? Yes. And he's got the boiled egg yes. eyes. So he's coming to get the baby and the women, and then the men are, you know, charged with blowing up the um, the 5G the mast. Yes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the COVID-spreading 5G. That's what yeah. I Yes. Here we go. See? Uh, we could do a modern remake of this. Yeah. A- Eamon Holmes. Um, <laughs> so, there, so they go. 5G mast does not spread COVID. Thank you. <laughs> so they but, go. But we don't know put, that. That's what, that's what, Ross, you know, that's what um, Eamon Ross, Holmes said. We don't yeah, know that they don't. Yeah, we don't Ross, know that they don't. So then, um, so then they managed to find high explosives, which was subtitled in Spanish in the version that we watched. In yeah, in a barrack. So then they go and blow up the mast, um, and that knocks mm. out the uh, robots, and that also knocks out Dennis Price. But then 
Dennis Price is shot in the leg. Oh, that was a good by Thorley, brilliantly by Thorley Walters, isn't it? That's the bit so that made me go, yeah. It's, it's quite a nasty thing because he shoots him in the leg, and, and again then he screams. Him, yeah, yeah, and he shoots him in the body. Then, and it's like he doesn't shoot to kill; he shoots to kind of Cut. hurt him. Yeah, he wants to hurt it's, him. It's, it's a victory for all us useless men. Yeah, all, all us trolls. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so then we have a bit of a kind of reprise at the end where they're like, oh, wasn't that fun? Thank goodness it's all over. And then he's like, well, we're going to get a plane and we're going to fly out of here. And it's like, oh, okay. And people are going to see the them. plane and Whoa. they're going to follow us to go south. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and right. what plane and do they get? Like, Is it like a four-seater plane? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Before we get there as well, Ross, there's an amazing thing. Someone goes, but what if the, al- what if the aliens what if they just use gas again on us and he just goes and I wrote, I wrote this down there's always been that chance and there always will be we'll just live with it and I just put fuck it yeah. <laughs> just, let's yeah. just go let's not worry it's about that day for us to, um, it <laughs> just, just get amongst it let's just get out there and get amongst it lads it'll be fine <laughs> and then yes yeah. yeah well you know we could right. do yeah but then they go, so, yes, they go as you said they go and get a plane but it's not just suddenly cuts to a plane taking off. Yeah, which is a fucking it's Pan not- Am, like yeah, a huge um, plane, seven forty-seven or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's not a Cessna, a little Cessna plane, or like you know, a little like Spitfire yeah. or something. Them, it's yeah. a massive intercontinental <laughs> jet plane, and it's which like Jeff right. is able to fuel up, take off. How have they fueled it? How do you start a plane? <laughs> I'm pretty pretty sure you don't just press a button. Um, Shocks away and all of just, that. That's amazing. And then, so that piece of library footage is the last shot of the film, isn't it? Because then it's just like but the type of credits. But as the plane takes off, as it gets to the end of the runway, you can see there's loads of cars driving past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thus undercutting the everyone's dead message yeah, of the movie. Yeah. Everyone's actually like, we need fine. a plane. What? The first what bit of plane footage we got, plane. got, that's it. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. end. Get so on, footage get, from Carry get. On on Holiday or something like that. <laughs> <we think. laughs> holiday on the buses. And that would be a on few years yet, yeah, wouldn't it? On the buses? <laughs> on the buses? Get on the phone to Heathrow, see what they've got from the like, PR. Yeah, enemy of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end. And okay. that's it. So, would we survive it's, it's, this? Unless oh, we... Easy. Oh, oh, easy. If we were in a... Um, a tight room at the time. Yes. If, if we had, if, I, if, if, I, we if had, I'd been up to shenanigans in a laboratory, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if it, I mean, what what places exist with filtered air? Most office <laughs> buildings now. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Did they? yeah, I think so. Aircon. Yeah, aircon, and the and there's no open, not allowed to open any windows. Cars. You can't open a Can window. Car? Yeah. Your cars, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's more likely now than it is in 1964, isn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. Um, When, you know, most houses probably weren't even airtight and didn't even have double glazing, did they? (laughs) So I don't don't know if we would survive this. Mm. Would you recommend it? I'm confident I would. Would you recommend it? Would I recommend this? Yes, 100%, of course. It's going to be another five out of five for John. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed The Omen, to be honest. Wait, wow! <laughs> I thought you gave The Omen a five, John, so I don't... I think you did anyway. It's just something for me in black and white, washed-up actors, old cars, a dreadful script, um, 
but the weird magic of cinema that brings all that together and actually makes it into something that I'm entertained enough to spend an hour with. It was only 16 and minutes I, as well, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, I do want to spend time with these characters, and that's what's weird about a lot I'm of these. Just going to point out, John, this is probably the length of most new Doctor Who episodes. So do you think this oh my is God. more successful than a, a, a modern Doctor Who? This is so much better than modern Doctor Who. This is like t- 10 times fair. I mean, and also, if we if we compare this to something like Bloody Dr. Fibes, this is a much more successful feature film than Dr. Fibes, oh. isn't it? Let's face it. There's more interesting ideas in it uh, than Dr. Fibes. you want more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have watched another half hour of this, but the thing is, like you say, this is crying out for a sequel where it's like, the a weird developed. hippie commune that yeah. they've um yeah in yeah yeah they've they've yes. started a hippie commune in stonehenge and uh and around the edge of stonehenge is all the silver robots just against the full speed yeah and the, what happens next yeah and the gray blobbed eye zombies have gone worse than animals <laughs> yeah <laughs> worse than animals they're worse than animals so john you give it a five mm. yeah it's a strong it's a strong five for me James, what do you think? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a sta- it's a standard two a for standard me on this two. one. Because, <laughs> ah, James, once again, I, come on. well, no, it's just, well, I enjoyed, it said, you know, seeing, as you said, I do think your velvet uh, uh, underground, but thank you, thank you. So I would say velvet old mine, that's the film, isn't it? The, the velvet <laughs> underground analogy is absolutely spot on. I think you're right. And I think you can see that, the, the kind of the, the genus, the uh, the origin of, of so many kind of other horror yeah. types of stories that we got in the 20th century. But at the same time as well, I was like, this is so just ch- knocked out in 10 minutes. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But there's a, there so, is a charm to that, isn't there? Where it's yes, like, yes. we've got a deadline. Say, so it's, not a, it's, not, it's not a zero. It's not no. a, oh my God, I hated watching it, but I don't th- yeah. I'm not rushing to watch it again. No. I think that so. when you've got something like this, it's a kind of... Uh, the constraints of what you're doing makes you potentially more imaginative and Mm. and maybe that gives you the idea of this because it's like we can't set this in California or, uh, you know, Moscow. Or London. We could... Or, or even London, because mm. we can't get the permits and we can't, you know... We can't make it look like everyone's dead in London. We can, we can, we can look dead in this village. Because yeah. yeah. So then that transports this sci-fi story into an English village, which automatically yes. creates this weird kind of interesting chemistry where the yeah. bucolic is set against this kind of yeah. weird yeah. modern the story. Quiet, and that's... The, the, the quiet yeah, apocalypse, exactly. he said, the John yeah, Wyndham yeah, yeah, style yeah, yeah. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. So, mm. I'm Ross, give it, what do you give it? I've given it a three. I did have, I did give it a Ooh. two, but then I had a look at what else I've given a, a three. So, yeah. Yeah, I've given it a three. Uh, I enjoyed All it. Right. Uh, I, like I said, I watched it three times. Each time I fell asleep at a different point. <laughs> but some of my favourite things I will yeah. I put on to lull me to a nice sort of like relaxing. Some sleep. of my favourite favorite yeah. things i fall asleep during yeah i do i put on classic star trek to go to sleep to because i, I love nice. i just love the, the the comfort of the slow track stuff going on and the, the nice slow sound. track yeah the, the nice sound <laughs> effects yeah but it was, it was yeah it was nice it was a nice <laughs> film the, there was no point in it where I, I felt worried or um, affected by it in any way. Oh, I, I did feel affected by it. I'm going to be But I, it, was yeah. com- it was comforting. It was, it's very comforting. 
got anything for that's something horrific this week? Well, the only, the only thing that I've got basically is this. Basically, this is for our listeners, just to give us a, give them. Yeah, it's this is what I'm talking about. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> The classic thing for Magnum PI because all night John and I have had to look at Ross and Kylie is broadcasting from inside. Well, it looks like a shed. It could be, you know, who knows? It could be, it, it could be Hawaii. Um, it looks like the HMS he's, he's wearing. He's Right? And he's wearing uh, a Hawaiian shirt, which is just open. Yeah. It's alluring. He's, he's kind of like inviting women. He's, he, Ross is looking quite tanned at the moment as well. Yeah. And yeah, he's just basically, the, he's gone full Tom Selleck on us. Yeah. Well, he, he is a uh, that's what I say. Yeah. But oh, is it, oh man, I love that show. A bit like Khan in Roth of Khan. Is it actually a prosthetic <laughs> chest? <laughs> Stuck on top of your chest, please. I did say to Beck that left to my own devices, I do dress like a uh, gay man from 1972. Show your own conclusions. That's the director's edit of Dracula AD 1972. 1972? So you're saying I look horrific, John, but is that you? No, not at all. all. I just realised it was going to be my only opportunity to put in the Magnum PI theme this week. Just just tagging it on the end because we're running out of time. There you go. That's it. I haven't got anything. I'm trying to think. I've watched a lot of episodes of um, uh, Ghost Adventures, but Ooh. I'm trying to think if any really stand out. I mean, they're all amazing. There was one last night that was uh, about um, the uh, Zach Bagans investigated the, the the home of the first ever American serial killer Ooh. called H. H. Holmes. Holmes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, and that was. That was very creepy because he was trying to get in touch with the the ghost of a, a child uh, victim of the um, his horror house of, of the horror house, and I think Zach Bagans felt a lot of anger and rage. I, f- I think that the rage really affected him, and there was some stock footage of of an earlier episode where um, he'd been affected by this rage before, and he had to anoint himself with holy water to get rid of the possession. John, John you've got to watch a film called um, Grave Encounters. Yes, is uh, that is that based on Zach Bagans? Yeah, basically, it's like is it really? Yeah, it's 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 like what if Ghost of Ghost Adventures came across like a a real haunted place? It's really yes. good. Watch that. Great what do you mean a real haunted place? Oh, exactly. All the places they visit are, ha- are really haunted. What have you What have you seen, Cleves? You've uh, probably watched seventeen films in this time. Yeah, yeah. I've watched quite a few bits, but they, I watched another House <laughs> of, House of um, uh, Hammer House of Horror. Oh, uh, which mm-hmm. one? So. I watched the um the was it the was it the sign of Satan or the, the before yeah. which was absolutely brilliant the one with the where I keep seeing the number nine everywhere um, yeah the the uh, weather vane is talking to him yeah they're, they're trying to get him to eat a baby really good yeah really quite scary oh god but just walked in and scared the shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> um, so I watched another one um and it started off really good there was a a, a child eating a a, a dead lamb on the floor with all blood around her mouth but it was all yeah. about a um, a family of werewolves and it was just oh absolute... with diana doors in it is it, yeah was that diana doors that's diana doors yeah they're in a uh, they're in a bmw 5 series and they break down in a in a wood don't they yes. and then it's um yeah and, and all the children brilliant. are um children which the, yeah. the werewolf lumberjack man has um yeah like, has sex with women and killed and killed them I love yeah. it. I think it's brilliant. Oh, I hated it. It was awful. 
I hated it. It was awful. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us for this. Um, As always. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but next week we are going back to the written word. We're going back to a novel. We are we are reading the second uh, novel by James Herbert, The Fog. So join us next time for that. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Um, please, uh, if you do like the show and would like it to continue, um, drop us a couple of quid on Patreon. Look for General Witchfinders on there. Uh, join us on Twitter. We, uh, we're getting quite a few new followers recently on there. It's hey, hello, everyone. General Witch One on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, please also, if, you, if you've if got five minutes, just drop us a review on whatever platform you're watching this. If you're uh, Apple podcast or something like that give us a little review cleaver uh, they're not watching this they always have ah! oh, <laughs> if you're listening to this <laughs> if you're watching this i'm very worried yeah <laughs> because my, my hairy chest is just my two <laughs> friends and not, not from the pub, general public okay. drop us an email and tell us how you're watching it thanks for your camera yeah. <laughs> There we are. Speak to you all soon. Marvellous. Take care, everybody. Love, light, and peace. Happy day. Love, light, and peace. You have been listening to The General Witchfinders. Support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash general witchfinders. Subscribe and spread the word at generalwitchfinders.com Farewell. You don't have nightmares. Fucking roasting up here. Uh, it's, it's warm everywhere. Fucking hell, it's, I can't believe how hot it is in here. Oh my Take god. Top off like I have. Come on. No, no fucking way. Right, I haven't had my tea yet, so I'm going to eat it while mm. we do this. Okay. What you got? So this can be good. Sausages. Sausages. Oh, nice. Lovely. Been in a pub in 1972. <laughs> With um, Donald Peter Bryant. Was it Peter Bryant? What's his name? Donald Pleasance. No, uh, in um, the Stone Tape. Oh, I'm talking about um, uh. Deafline when there are sausages in the pub. Oh, come on then. <laughs> All do right. <laughs> uh, hold on. It's nuts, isn't it? Mm. It's good. Though. I was out taking photos, and then I was trying to ring hell to put the grill on, and she was outside <laughs> clipping something in the garden. Her toenails. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, it's good it's good to have a summer at last yeah, 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 yeah for... what you mean a week a week of hot sun <laughs> yeah Ooh, what's that that was, that was a very loud laugh for us and they where's that that wasn't my end it's um in my street all right so there's a barbecue Ooh. happening in um couple of gardens down as well so apologies <laughs> listeners if you hear sounds of sausages being munched um yeah laughing in the social street. scenes so, yeah, but they, this is the balmy summer we're all sausage munchers in yeah. this podcast yeah. aren't we yeah. <laughs>
This is this is Albion. This, yeah. is, this is Albion. Is you know kind of like people <laughs> laughing in the streets and what have you. It is actually. Um, <laughs> oh. It's um, it's uh, flying ant day here as well today. Oh, yeah, so all the all the seagulls are, are swirling around, and um, yeah, I'm getting. We had that last week. Flying ants out of hair on my it? arms. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 